Welcome to this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me, I've got Ted Fells, the business strategist extraordinaire and all-around good guy. Good, e- good evening, all. We also have Sean Summers. Sean is our resident sports guru. Hello, hello, guys. How are you? And we have Britton Smith. Britton is the renaissance man. He's the man who refuses to be pigeonholed. Watch out now. (laughs) (laughs) He's adding a different twist every week. I'll just twist this week. Okay. Our guest for this week, he's an award-winning TV content creator who owns Tin Man Creative Productions. He lives between Philadelphia and Los Angeles. He's a graduate of a great school, Hampton University and St. Joseph's University, which is a great school as well. He's created series for both domestic and international audiences. His content is both scripted and unscripted. He produces genres like dramas, comedy, reality, docu-series, game show, and lifestyle. He has managed cast and crew as large as 75. He regularly pitches projects to movie, to most broadcast, cable, and streaming networks. He's engaged to be married and the father of a 22-year-old son and a 19-year-old daughter. Please join me in welcoming Todd Inman. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that. All right, man. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the 30-minute hour. Now, during the uh, introduction, I mentioned that you graduated from Hampton University. Now, Todd, help me out. There's a rumor that's going around. The rumor is that you were initiated into the greatest fraternity on earth, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Shocking. (laughs) 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 So hopefully that answers it. Absolutely. I was initiated in the Gamma Epsilon chapter, which is uh, the greatest chapter within the greatest fraternity. I'm sorry. What was the name of that chapter again? I didn't hear that. (laughs) Gamma Epsilon, Uh, uh, better known as GE, the power company. Oh, wow. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And actually, what's interesting is your son is also a member of Gamma Epsilon as well. That's correct. That's correct. He he, uh, he pledged in 2017, which, uh, you know, of course, was, uh, you know, a great uh, experience for me, um, and especially, you know, realizing I have a legacy who actually came through the exact same chapter I came through. It was a a great experience that I always carry with me. Excellent, excellent, Todd. Okay, all right. Now that we've gotten through Hampton <laughs> University, the Omega Sci-Fi, the, the GE Power Company, now, 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 now is there, is there any more that we need? I mean, so, when we have a guest on here, I want them to have the full picture. I, I want them to know the true story of what got them to this point. Okay. Oh. 
Okay. What led them to the greatness that they are experiencing right now? Unbelievable. Yeah, you know. Unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Yeah, are you good with that, Ted? Okay. okay. I'm done. All right. <laughs> Can I continue now? Please. Okay. Please. All right. So, Todd, so when you graduated from college, it's my understanding you actually started out in corporate America, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, I did. I uh, Believe it or not, I was uh, actually, a, a, well, I was an English major. Uh, I finished with a, a BA in English from, from Hampton. Um, but at the time, I didn't, uh, you know, go the, the, you know, the creative art route, you know, because obviously, as we know, that's a slower process in terms of actually generating income. So uh, I jumped right out of school and, and got into sales. I uh, always felt like I was good with people and, and so forth. And, of course, sales, you can, you know, determine your own income based on, you know, your hustle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I jumped right into that. So, of course, that was a very corporate environment. I uh, did sales, everything from um, uh, pharmaceutical sales to B2B, uh, you know, business-to-business sales. Okay. Excellent, excellent. So now, also understand you ended up doing stand-up comedy for a period of time as well. I did, I did, I did stand-up uh, only about uh, three years um, back in the, the early two thousands. Um, you know, I was just, you know, again, you know, I was so used to to writing creatively, you know, uh, in my youth and up through college that, you know, again, because you just mentioned about the corporate aspect of things, I got away from you know being creative because. You know, sales is, you know, such a, you know, a grind, you know, and it's, it's you know, more or less about the facts. You know, you just sit down with somebody and go over why something would benefit them. So there wasn't a lot of room for, you know, kind of artful creativity. So uh, one day I just, you know, kind of got the confidence up or, um, you know, I don't know if you want to call maybe even the shame up. I don't know, but <laughs> I decided to do, do an open mic. And, uh, you know, that just kind of got the creative juices flowing and I just enjoyed um, you know, kind of the uh, the challenge of being in front of an audience and seeing if you can make them laugh. You know. So, 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 Todd. You know, I have. You know, it's interesting. I've had people say to me that I, that I ought to try to to do stand up, and and I've always thought about what it would be like if I if someone doesn't laugh. Like how how I how how I would take that. I mean, so tell us about that experience on that uh, that first time you did uh, you did stand up. And how many people did you have to take in there with you to make sure you had some folks to laugh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually, I, you know, that, that's a good question. I actually did bring in probably probably about eight to ten friends. <laughs> wow. I have my, my mom in there. I'm bringing <laughs> Hey, whatever it takes. Man. So, uh, so yeah, I, I brought about eight to ten friends. You know, I, I kind of lured them in saying, hey, look, I'll, I'll buy you a beverage, you know. Okay. And uh, so so they showed up and, um, you know, they were kind of, I had them kind of strategically scattered around the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I felt like, you know, if, if they would laugh, it would be a little bit infectious towards their, you know, immediate perimeters. So, that's right. Um, <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Right, so right. we had it like that. But, but you know, I mean, you know, those first, because, you know, Coming up through stand-up comedy, you have to do a bunch of open mics to, to basically kind of earn the right to get time, you know, mm-hmm. meaning, uh, and when I say time, I mean, you know, to kind of have maybe five minutes on the actual schedule, you know, mm-hmm. um, on, a, on a normal day. So, you know, you have to, it's a grind, man. You have to get out there and, you know, try to refine your jokes to, to get a laugh. And, you know, as you talked about, sometimes people, you know, just don't relate to you or... Um, you know, maybe you're not delivering it or, or putting the pauses where they should be. 
for people to to understand maybe where you're coming from. And yeah. um, you know, my particular you know branded jokes were kind of more um, more thoughtful, more analytical. So they weren't you know simply you know kind of set up in punchline. You kind of had to think a little bit. And you know, of course, with that kind of thing, you really have to have your delivery and your 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 placement again of pauses and voice inflection in the right place. You know. Yeah, so so it's interesting. So at, was there ever a time during your stand-up career where you just flat out bombed? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I. You know. I. You know. Basically, um, I. It wasn't. You know. Total. I guess you would say bomb nation. Where you know, from the time I stood, <laughs> from, from the time I stood up until the time I got off, people. You know, had their arms folded. You know. Right. Right. But you know, de- definitely things have like tailored off where. Maybe my first joke landed, and then the last three people—it was like crickets, you know. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so, so of course, you know, you start to perspire, you know, you start to try to rush through the jokes so you can kind of get out and run out the building, you know. Well, I would, I would have ended some friendships if I had some friends in there and then they were with their arms folded. I'm like, look, <laughs> you're my friend. You're supposed to be laughing no matter what. You're like, mom, you're supposed right, to laugh. Right, Come right, on, <laughs> help me out, baby. Well, baby, you wasn't funny, baby. You wasn't, you, you wasn't very funny at all, baby. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But, man. but I would yeah, think, man. I would think that experience is really helpful as you get into business. Because, you know, there's always this fear of the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what if this happens? So I think if you're not, like, I can tell you even from a speaking standpoint, there's times where I've done speeches that haven't gone well. I feel like I bombed. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I think that was just helpful. Because it gets you over that fear of the unknown. You know, you survive and you get through it and you move on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree to, you know, totally with that. I agree. And, and just in terms of being a, a humble person, you mm-hmm. know, just, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, as you talked about, you know, from your experience with speeches and everything that, you know, you are, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, to, to be out there and, and kind of what you would consider like, okay, now I'm playing with the, you know, the, let's say the big dogs. Now I'm, I'm competing with the best. So there are going to be some, some losses, you know. Right. Um, you know, when you, when, you know, you look at, you know, you guys are going to talk about professional sports later, but, you know, these are the best of the best of the world and they're, they're not going to go out and win you know, an example of football, they're not going to win 16 games and, and, you know, and basically go on undefeated. They're going to take some losses, you know? Um, and, and the same thing with us, like, you know, when we, you know, set out to do something and we're competing with, you know, the best of the best, you know, we're not going to win every time. So it is a certain humility that comes with that for you to stay sharp, for you to uh, be able to bounce back from, from defeat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you you were in corporate America. You did sales. You did stand up comedy. So how did you get to the point? Where, how did you transition from what we've spoken about to now having your own production company? Talk to us about that. Okay, so so actually, it's an interesting story. I had, um, believe it or not, I, I had a, a moment where. Um, you know, I had gotten into a, uh, an accident, you know, I had gotten into an accident mm. where, um, you know, basically I was, you know, hospitalized and, uh, my mother and fiance who were there were told that, you know, the doctor told them they were uncertain if I was going to make it, mm. you know, mm. um, you know, I was wow. in a situation, yeah, I, I was in a state where, uh, he said it was kind of touch and go and he could not promise them that, you know, I was going to come out of the state that I was in. 
And so, you know, by the grace of God, you know, obviously I survived. And, you know, when I, you know, kind of reemerged, you know, I was able to kind of get my, my faith, uh, it, you know, in God, you know, where, where it needed to be, put him in the primary position versus, you know, kind of before I was kind of running the show. You know, I was, mm. you know, trying to, to, you know, to kind of live Todd's way of life versus, you know, his way of life. And so uh, when I did that, you know, I was able to kind of find my purpose. You know, and I said, man, you know, I had always enjoyed being creative. I felt like I was good at it. But, you know, I got away from that um, and, you know, kind of, you know, I didn't really have the, the confidence to, you know, create something and be judged for it by others. And then, again, through this process of, you know, almost losing my life coupled with, you know, putting, you know, God where he, he deserved to be in my life, I said, you know what, I'm going to pursue this now. So um, I didn't, you know, kind of fully just jump out and leave corporate, but I decided to, you know, kind of slowly on the side of my corporate job, start to create these projects um, and just over time kind of continue to refine and refine. And then it get, got to a point where, you know, I was able to transition from corporate to do this full time. Wow, that, that's that's an inspiring story. And hopefully, I mean, I think that's going to give someone hope that's listening now. That I think mm -hmm. everything happens for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and once you yeah. get your priorities in order, like you said, now you're focused on what's what's the main thing, and you can really move forward and do what you are called to do. So now, Britton, I feel like I can't give Todd a hard time anymore. Like now, I'm, I've kind of touched a bit, man. I gotta, gotta take it easy. <laughs> well, well, you know, well, look, we, you know, we take we've taken it light on him, you know, and usually I come with a a politically thinking question. So, so Todd, recent FCC regulation? No, I'm just playing. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but 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 I'm gonna put on my my millennial hat and ask you. Um, in these in, in these endeavors, you know we've seen uh, production, TV shows, the way people view TV shows change over the, over the years. Um, how has social media impacted your involvement and that transition, and uh, your ability to create, uh, produce, and and even e expand your brand? How has social media been able to help you? Uh, yes, you know it's it's been you know, it's been a game changer. Um, you know, prior to social media, to be quite frank with you, I probably um, wouldn't be able to do this, especially on the scale that I've, I'm doing it and as quickly as I'm doing it. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, prior to social media, you know, you, you could create something, um, but you really couldn't get it out very far. You could share it with your friends maybe, uh, send it to them personally either on a DVD or something like that, or maybe you could, you know, go to some type of flea market and try to sell or – um, you know, you remember back in the day, like the masterpiece and, and people like that on the music end would open their trunk in a neighborhood and, and sell sell music. So maybe you know, through a grind, you could you know be able to generate an audience maybe that way. Um, but of course, that takes time and effort and so forth. Whereas now, with social media, you know, and I include YouTube in that in that uh, in that concept of the social media. You know, I can create something and put it out for the world to see. Um, and, you know, it, it gets out there in real time and, you know, you can start to, to build an audience. Um, you know, it, it might not be, you know, massive numbers, especially early in the game, but, you know, you still are getting it out and then you can have that whole promotion uh, part of what you're trying to do by getting your friends on Facebook to watch or and or share for you. 
uh, because, you know, of course it, um, you know, by not only having your friends watch it, but of course it's easily shareable. So they can kind of uh, promote for you and advertise for you saying, hey, check out my friend's content. You know, I love it because that becomes your own commercial. You know, so that's free advertising that, you know, you would have had to pay for otherwise. So uh, it, it really gives us a chance, those of us who uh, don't have the big budgets, that don't have, um, you know, the, the muscle behind us, like say with, that a studio provides or something like that, it gives us a chance to, to compete. You know, it gives us a chance to build an audience to, um, to be able to therefore go to these studios or networks and say, hey, listen, you know, with no budget, you know, I was able to get these numbers on YouTube. So just imagine if I did have a true uh, distribution uh, outlet with you guys, you know, we can duplicate these same type of um, views and these same type of positive feedback that we're receiving on, on this scale. Absolutely. So, so what, what current, what networks are your projects on now, Todd? So I have projects on uh, Amazon Prime. Mm. Uh, I have a project on uh, a new black uh, network that is competing with with the Netflix and Amazons for just black content solely uh, called Black Prime. Um, and then there's an international uh, network called Trace, which is, I guess you would kind of call it the international BET uh, or international MTV for the black diaspora spread throughout the world, but they don't have a real footprint here in the States. Hmm. Okay. So, so tell us more about the, the, the actual short films or web series that you produced. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so my first production is, is called the corporate brother and uh, it's a comedy. Uh, it's a, you know, what they call short form comedy in that, it's um, under 15 minutes each episode, um, but actually, you know, you know, kind of our claim to fame was that show came out in 2011, and basically what it did uh, or it does is chronicle what it's like to be the only black in an office, right? Um, so that show actually predated Blackish, which came out in 2014, which showed what it's like. You know, part of his show shows what it's like to be the only black in the office. So, you know, we were ahead of the curve as to believing that people could identify with this and there was a large enough market for support. And we see that Blackish has gone on to become syndicated, one of ABC's uh, highest rated comedies. So, um, you know, we were on to something. We just, again, didn't have the distribution channel um, and didn't have the resources to really um, develop it beyond, you know, just the, the business aspect of things. But... Um, the Corporate Brother, uh, again, you know, we uh, completed about 10 episodes of that show over the course of uh, about three years. Um, you know, I was able to use talent here within the Philadelphia area that were kind of up and coming, that had aspirations, but they didn't require, you know, big dollars, which, you know, of course I didn't have, nor um, did I kind of really want to invest in, in the project just because, you know, I was, I was learning myself. So... Um, you know, and I didn't know would I ever see a return. So, um, so that was that show. And, and since then, you know, we've done sketch comedy shows. Um, you know, we've done a number of commercials, um, either what they call spec commercials, which, you know, are, are commercials that we just, um, you know, develop on our own for um, who would be clients, showing them what we could do. Um, and so there would be no exchange of compensation for that. But then we also have clients that pay us to create commercials. Um, and then beyond that, uh, our latest 
project um, that has been developed is called Delayed Gratification. Mm-hmm. And uh, that show uh, is a dramedy, uh, and that show resides on those networks I just uh, mentioned to you guys. And that's another short-form series. Uh, it's about two uh, African-American women uh, who are HBCU graduates, millennials, that live in downtown Philadelphia, uh, which, you know, I'm from that area. And uh, it just chronicles their experiences with family, men, work. Uh, then they also deal with some uh, personal struggles like addiction or mental health or mental illness, I should say. Um, so it, it's, it's a project that's been very well received. Um, it was number one on that network trace I mentioned. Um, and we continue to get great feedback uh, either on Amazon or YouTube. Yeah, that's excellent. And it, one of the things, so the, the corporate brother, and, and for our listeners, you just need to go on YouTube and type in the search engine, the corporate brother, and, and start looking at these these shows that we're talking about. I, I think your your creative your, your creativity is brilliant because literally, thank you. I, as I watch those episodes, I've been following you for quite some time. As I watch those episodes, I'm thinking to myself, how does Todd have a camera? How did he have a camera in my corporate environment? <laughs> because you, I mean, you you captured what it's like to be the only African American American in the office. But now that you captured it from both vantage points, you captured it from the perspective of the individual and you know how the other races are are interacting with that person. I just thought that was brilliantly done. Do you have a favorite episode? I, I do, I do. Uh, uh, episode three of season one is called The Business Trip. And uh, basically, you know, most of us who've been in corporate and at some point had to attend some type of seminar or sales convention where you and the team from your office had to travel. Uh, more, most than likely, you had to fly somewhere and stay in a hotel. Um, you Maybe either you had to share a room with somebody who was, uh, you know, of a different culture or, you know, just constantly going to these team dinners and you were the only one. Uh, so this show just kind of captures what, what that what that's like. Uh, obviously, it's comedy. So, you know, we kind of, um, you know, enhance kind of scenarios you face yourself in. But, you know, for comedy's sake, but overall, you know, if you have been in corporate and you've been one of the few, if not only black, you can identify with these experiences, you know? You know, you know it's funny. I, you know, I haven't seen that that uh that episode but it just makes me think of when i've had to travel and i've been the the only african-american and it seems like you could be out like all day in meetings on a job site a conference or whatever and let's say you come back to the hotel at like five and they're like okay uh let's let's meet back downstairs for dinner at 5 15. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. And everybody said, yes. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Don't nobody got to go to the bathroom. Don't nobody need to wash up. Don't nobody just even want to, nobody even want to just get away from everyone just for a couple. Yeah, yeah. How about, how about, how about a nap? Can we round it off to six o'clock? If you want to be back down at 5.15, can a brother refresh? Can a brother reset? You know, a brother want to put on, the, my deodorant just might just, you know, just, just barely hanging on. I can't do anything in 10, I got to find, it take me that long to find my room. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, oh man, oh man. You, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, and you, if you think about this, you know, and, and that's kind of part of, of what the, the kind of show, uh, you know, kind of describes is that, 
you know, oftentimes if you're the only, you know, black in a scenario, you know, we're kind of like always having to be on, you know, in these kind of experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, when, when you're on these conventions, it's like you have to put on a certain face and it, it, it's, it's a job within a job, you know, yeah. because, you know, the kind of conversations and things you have are not as natural as if that you were just amongst, you know, people that look like you. I mean, yeah. let's face it, you know. So, uh, you know, we're kind of always on. So, like you said, by the time 5 o'clock hits, you kind of want to go and decompress. Right. You know, you want to, you know, maybe veg out, look at a, you know, look at something on TV for a second, you know, whereas, you know, they're ready, you know, to kind of keep up and running. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of one of these dynamics that we face that not everybody has to experience. Yeah. Yeah, so do you have, because everything you're doing is like a creative endeavor, where you're basically bringing something forth out of nothing. What is your, do you have a process you use to generate some of these ideas? Talk to us about that. Uh, you know, believe it or not, they just, you know, it, it kind of back to, I guess, those, uh, that, that uh, stand-up comedy, um, you know, route that I came from in that, you know, you just are experiencing life and observing things and then something will, you know, click. Something will say, wait a minute, you know, this could be funny, you know, or this would be an interesting, you know, drama of this you know, experience I see people having that hasn't really been developed. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so it's kind of like that's your, uh, you know, kind of create created met creative method and that you're just experiencing real life and you'll observe something. And again, you'll say to yourself, I've never seen that, you know, before, um, but it's a story that we can all identify with or if we can't identify with with it. If you were watching it, you'd be interested to see what it would, what it would what it would look like, you know. Hmm. So, is it? I would imagine it would be somewhat of a challenge to go from kind of that whole comedic thought process to now with delayed gratification. It's more of a drama. Was that a challenge for you to kind of transition? You know, surprisingly enough, it wasn't. And you know, my fiance always tells me how surprised uh, you know she was that that I could do that because. She always called me, and she, these are her words. She said, "You're always laughy, laughy, jokey, jokey." You know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so you know. With that being said, when I sat down to write, you know, a drama, she was blown away, especially, uh, you know, with how she thought it was a very high quality project. So she was just blown away that I was capable of doing that. I was capable of, you know, stepping back and taking, you know, the comedic. Um, you know, uh, scenarios out of it, but writing a real, you know, kind of drama that would draw you in, you know? Excellent, excellent. Okay, so Britton, I know you want to chime in. You, you're chomping at the bit over there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, 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 the more he talks, the more I'm impressed. Uh, you know, despite his uh, rough start as a Q, uh, he managed to be <laughs> an innovator. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, innovative minds, but uh, and he mentioned something just a second ago, um, you know, about operating in different spaces from comedy to drama. And recently, I saw a trailer um, for the movie or for a new movie coming out uh, called Bel Air, and it's based off of the TV show The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm -hmm. um, and and all those innovative things. Um, how hard do you think it is? to take plots that already exist, that plots that already have been done, that have already been created, and take it a, an entirely different way. 
You know, we've seen the Fresh Prince of Bel Air knowing it as a comedy. Now it would be typecast as a uh, as a drama. You know, it's not the jokes that we grew up with first uh, with first friends. Talk about that creative process and, and, and what that can look like and if, if that's a trend that we could even see more of. Yeah, actually, you know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've had people to bring uh, other ideas similar to that since they've seen this whole uh, Bel Air development. They've brought other shows that we are all familiar with and said, hey, you know, I wonder if we could create a prequel to this comedy show that has, you know that everybody's been endeared to over over the years and we could do a prequel to that but make it a drama and so this whole development that this young man has done with bel-air is nothing short of genius you know i mean i wish i would have thought of of that i mean that that's incredible to like you said to to look at you know something a, a, in, a, in this case a comedy but Obviously, his story, if you look at it, you know, I'm talking about Will Smith on the show, that, you know, he had to move out there with his uncle because of problems he was having out in Philly, you know, et cetera, that, you know, that's a real scenario. And then this gentleman was able to develop a drama around what he considered his story or what it could have been. So, man, I'm telling you, that I think that you're going to see a lot more of that. You know, I really do. I think you're going to see some of, as an example, the 70s, um, you know, black uh, comedy shows that we all, you know, grew up on or and love and so forth, and that are still, you know, on TV today. We're gonna we're gonna see people develop that prequel from a dramatic standpoint. Hmm. Okay. So, a lot of our listeners, they're looking to follow their dream. It could be starting their own business, starting their own company, getting into entertainment. Based off of your journey. What advice do you have for our listener, Todd? Uh, <clears throat> to 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 follow their dream. Yeah, I mean, as far based on your your experiences, someone that's looking to make that leap. What, what what advice would you have for them? They're in a corporate. Let's say they're in a corporate office, but they're looking to follow their dream. They they want to be the next Todd Inman. What, what advice would you have for them? Uh, okay, so I would tell them. Um, I would tell them, you know, I, you know, not don't just, you know, leave your job tomorrow. You know, <laughs> don't, don't just, you know, say, say, hey, I think I was called to, you know, I don't know, do something, and you know, I need to just leave and follow it right now. Um, you know, in most cases, <clears throat> you know, we all have bills, we all have responsibilities, whether it be family or uh, dealing with some uh, financial um, responsibilities, and so forth. So what I would say would be to, on the side, you know, and this would require you taking some time out of your, you know, maybe your social uh, life or taking some time from maybe your, you know, relaxation or hobby time and devote that to developing um, what you're trying to do. So let's say if you want to be uh, an artist, you know, and you like to paint, you know, you have to start to uh, develop um, your skills, you know. So... Um, you have to take that time out of, you know, other areas, um, not including your nine to five, and just continue to develop and work on it and work on it um, until you reach a point where um, you are either getting paid for it or close to being paid for it or whatever the case may be. Then you can start to develop your exit plan from your traditional career. All right. Now that That's great advice. And it's funny because that's, T typical advice that I, that I was hearing 
from uh, from people. It wasn't just jump out there. It's be strategic and you know make sure you build things as opposed to just jumping out there without a plan. So I know that definitely inspires someone who's listening to us uh, today. So so where do you see this? Quit, quit, Todd. No, no, I, I was going to say, but, you know, the, the overall um, viewpoint on it, though, is, is you know, definitely I, I suggest the, the sooner, um, be, you know, approach your transition sooner than later. You know, I mean, uh-huh. we, we, all know that tom- we all know tomorrow's not promised. We, we all know there's no perfect time to start to, you know, uh, chase your dreams on the side. There is no perfect time. Oh, when the, you know, the, the kids get to, you know, elementary school or when the kids get to, high school or, you know, when they go off to college, you know, we can, we can always find a reason, you know, that now is not a, a not, not the ideal time. So, you know, we just have to start, you know, just whatever you're pursuing, you know, whether all you do is, is pick up a book about it, you know, read it uh, in your leisure time, but, but just start and then things will just start to happen for you, you know, but you, you have to take that first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get more information from you? How can they view your, your shows? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Sure. So I have a website. It's www.tinmancreative.com. That's tinmancreative.com. Um, that lists my projects. Uh, there are some trailers on the site where you can you know, get an idea of what the show's about. Uh, most of my shows are actually on YouTube, so you could watch them without having a membership to Amazon Prime, as an example, or some of those other networks I've cited. Um, so, you know, you can just type in the, the search bar, the corporate brother, uh, delayed gratification, uh, and, and other, other shows, and it'll just take you directly to uh, those series. And you, the, the beauty of uh, the corporate brother is you it, it's episodic, so you can just select any show you want and you don't have to understand what happened in the previous show. Uh, now, hmm. Delayed Gratification is an art show, so you do need to start at episode one and progress through uh, the completion of first season, and then there's a second season as well. Um, and then, of course, if somebody wanted to reach out to me directly, um, Tinman at TinmanCreative.com, uh, and Tinman is just an acronym. My last name is Inman, and my first uh, initial is T, so combine those to make Tinman. Tinman at com. I really like that word. He said ep- episodic. Episodic. That's like the first time I ever heard that word. <laughs> it's episodic. <laughs> I wasn't the only one that was like, I'm sure people were like, yeah, episodic. That, that's how we Omega flow. That's know? how you Omega flow. That's to these Omegas. Right, GE, the power company, you know, Hampton, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh, so, so we've reached the point of the show where we go around the horn. That's where everyone takes a moment and shares something pertinent with our listeners. So, Todd, again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We're big fans of your work, and we wish you all the best. Any, did you have any closing thoughts you want to leave our listeners with to remember? Um, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, just, you know... You know, you guys, you know, asked about the, the following your dream. Um, again, I just kind of want to reiterate that, you know, we all are here for a purpose. And, you know, I just believe that because we have a finite time on this earth, that, you know, we ought to share our gifts, our talents, 
Um, so, you know, just go for it. Just go for it. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Todd. That's 10mancreative.com where you can check out all his work. You can get all the information about him. So now we're going to go around the horn with Ted. Yeah, Todd, really enjoyed having you uh, you on the show, man. I, you know, I, it started off kind of rocky with the whole, you know, Omega Sci-Fi, the power, GE, the power company, and you know, but you know, but you know, after you shared your your story about, you know, I guess kind of that life-changing uh, event that you you went through. At that point, I just, like I said, I had to you know look at you a little differently then, man. And uh, you know, definitely. Uh, <laughs> hats off for you and your success and you know and you know if you ever need any ideas about you know some you know some shows or whatever feel free to give me a call if you need a, an actor I'm, I'm available uh as well so you know, I, I have my no people, doubt i have my people get in touch with your people all right, all right do that do that <laughs> thank you all right sean uh just take you back to northwest head it's an amazing story from what Todd was saying as far as, you know, almost, you know, losing his life and for him to bounce back from that and continue to succeed in life is just an amazing story and I really appreciate you for joining the show. Thank you again. No problem. All right. And then Britain? Well, I don't have too much praise for Todd. Uh, everybody <laughs> said everything was nice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I'm just joking. But uh, in, 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 in keeping with the theme of today's episode, as, as we're talking about that creativity, um, I also want to chime in um, a, a revolutionary documentary uh, that I've had the, the pleasure of having some abstract hand in, in, in working with. Um, a political commentator, Van Jones, is debuting a new show, uh, The Redemption Project, where he's pairing up uh, those who were uh, victims or family of the victims of crimes and pairing them up with their, uh, with those who were guilty of those crimes, uh, whether they're recently released criminals or uh, returning citizens or people who are still incarcerated. He's allowing that interaction for them to seek some type of redemption and see where the, uh, you know, where the heart is. If, if there's still forgiveness there or if that is the closure that's necessary uh, for someone who's been a victim or whose family member was taken at the hands of someone else. Uh, so it's a very innovative project uh, that will give us a new light and a new introspective um, way to look at uh, criminal justice, our criminal justice system, and the end game is maybe that does spark some some type of change, some type of reform. Uh, so, to like Ty said, you know, and often we've seen, uh, you know, art imitating life, and hopefully this could be something that leads to some type of social social justice change, uh, and that could have some impact in that space. So uh, that would be my, uh, in addition to Todd's project, if you get a chance to, to check out that redemption project. So I just want y'all to know, that's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi yeah. Fraternity Incorporated, just 
just gave you that that information right there, right? Cause, right, because you folks didn't know whether it was a question. You don't know. You were just like Ty was. Ty was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, good brother. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Nineteen eleven was a good year. Okay, you go. There you go. There you go. So, my around the horn piece, and there's a saying. It says, "You don't have to be. You don't have to start. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start if you want to be great." And what Todd was saying earlier really speaks to that. It's very important that you get started. You don't have to have everything figured out, but you have to start. If there's that thing that's on your heart, whether it's a production company, whether it's a business, whether it's going into sports, whatever it is, please get started. I mean, I think that should be the big takeaway. And the start doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a big step. The start can be picking up the phone and calling someone that's doing what you're doing already. The start could be going on and doing a Google search to get more information. But please, let's move forward. Time is short. I mean, I thought the fact that Todd got in this accident, it served as a wake-up call. Yeah. You know, you, we think we have all this time, but we don't have as much time as we think. Yeah. So please, again, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start if you want to be great. This concludes this week's episode mm. of the 30-Minute Hour. Again, we thank our guest, Todd Inman, and until next week, have a great one.